What's up, y'all? We back with another episode of Define Your Legacy. Again, I'm your host, Thies Elijah McBee. Welcome back. What's good, Justin, man? How you doing, man? What up, man? Glad to be here. For sure, Hopefully for sure. Hopefully get some, you know, good content out there, man, just like usual, like how, you, like how you normally do. You already know, man. It's going to be another dope episode on the way, so let's get right into it, man. For those that may not know, just introduce yourself if you could. Um, my name is Justin Royce, um, and I kind of dabble in just about everything, you know what I'm saying, especially when it comes to investment. Um, that's kind of like where I make most of my money and sustain myself, but I'm very interested in entertainment and the arts, so a lot of my money ends up going into those areas as well. So you can just ask me just about anything in any eye or either area, and uh, I'm pretty sure I know at least a little bit to um, kind of help somebody in that in that yeah, regard. For sure. So overall investor, I would say let's let's tap in right into uh, real estate. Um, what are your cool. thoughts, I guess, yeah. as, as a whole when it comes to real estate? Um, so speaking from a personal experience, real yeah. estate was one of the first major investments that I got. As soon as I graduated UConn, um, that was my thing. Like, I was working really quickly, but I said, you know what? I'm diving directly into real estate. And what I decided to do, as opposed to move out, get an apartment and um, spread my wings a little bit, I started to stay home, stack my money up and make use of that FHA loan, that three and a half percent down. Um, I ended up getting a uh, three family house in a local, in a local town um, nearby mm. to me. And I rented it out, man. Um, that was the first thing that I did. It's one of my top two investments, if I'm going to call it. Okay. And, um, I can't really say anything too negative about it. I think everybody that is young, especially um, my young minorities, you should be owning um, houses and uh, real estate properties because over time, it's one of those like surefire ways to build wealth um, generationally. Yeah. So what would you say, though, to someone um, who might be like, I guess, scared or hesitant to get into real estate? Well, I think the biggest thing um, for the young adults, if you are scared, is listen, worst case scenario um, everything goes belly up by the time in which everybody starts to look for their house around like, you know, maybe 35 to 45 years old, mm. you would be able to, you know, start from scratch again. Fact. So I would say take that risk because your youth is on your side mm. and being that you're able to rebound so quickly, you should be good. Um, if you are scared though, understand something like everything is not going to be cut and dry and easy, but those risks are what bring the rewards. So if you decided you want to go to a safe route, um, you may be able to, you know, have the peace of mind of, you know, not having any stress or anything like that. But if you decide to go out your comfort, comfort zone a little bit, um, you're in a situation where it pays great dividends. So take that risk. Take yeah, that leap. And, and, and it's definitely dope, too, because, you know, you're a young real estate investor. You know, I think sometimes right. when people hear, you know, at least especially, you know, coming out of college or whatever, it's like, OK. I need to reach a certain age and then I can do it, you know, but as right. young in the game, that's really important. And you mentioned it too, with time being on your side. I mean, you know, the sooner you start, the better, right? Yeah, man. I was, uh, I was 22 when I bought my first, when I bought my first property, I was 22. Um, I'm 27 now, about to turn 28 this month. So that's about six years as a real estate investor. And um, listen, it grows you up. You see what I'm saying? You're in a situation in which you start to understand who you are in the world, how, how to manage people, et cetera. And um, you start to appreciate um, your hard work being given directly back to you in a monetary fashion. So, listen, I advise it. I'm speaking from experience. Um, if you're young, take that risk. I mean, I'm pretty sure y'all take risks in other dynamics of your life. Yep. And you might as well just do it when it comes to something that could pay you back almost immediately. Yeah. So, I guess walk me through a little bit through that whole process of, you know, use the term sure. F FHA and then use a 3.5%. Yeah. Just kind of walk me through that. No problem. So basically when it comes to real estate, um, people may be hesitant because they feel they feel that they don't have enough money. Um, what America does, which is pretty good, is they allow uh, Americans to use something called an FHA loan. And what an FHA loan is, a first-time homeowner's um, loan. And what they do is they say for every uh, total amount of the uh, property, we're going to charge you three and a half percent for a down payment. And then we'll ensure that you get a mortgage to take care of the rest. Mm. So how that's broken down is for every $100,000, you have to put up $3,500 for a down payment in order to secure a loan. And then, um, then use that money to own the house. Yeah. So that's the first thing that you're going to need to be able to do in order to acquire a property is be able to, you know, afford that three and a half percent down. I say be a little bit safe and as opposed to going to three and a half percent, go to 5% because you may have closing costs. You may have to uh, spend for inspections and other things. It gives you a, a little bit more of a leeway. 
Okay. So for every $100,000 to be safe, I would say, you know, stack about $5,000 to the side. Okay. Um, so let's say you have your money. Let's say you got 10, 10 grand, you want to get a $200,000 uh, property. Now what you have to do is speak to somebody who is then able to give you a mortgage. Now, um, you may be able to talk directly to a bank, but what I did was I spoke to a mortgage broker. And what that person does is essentially speaks to other um, lenders on my behalf. Mm. They give my profile, um, where I work, you know, my credit history, um, uh, the amount of money that I'm making consistently, my tax returns, et cetera. Mm-hmm. They make it pretty. They shop me around. And then once I get somebody who is able to, you know, lend that money, they will be able to pair those two together. Um, and then you get a pre-approval letter. That, that pre-approval letter essentially says, hey, I'm a lender. I'm interested in uh, giving you money. And uh, here's the amount of money I'm willing to give you based upon your profile. That pre-approval letter is then used for you to be able to essentially shop around. It's mm-hmm. like a, a guaranteed card for you to say, you know what? I'm able to afford up to about $200,000. Talk to a real estate agent. They'll show you houses that are around that area um, with the $200,000 as a max. From there, you see which one you like, and then <laughs> it's just you like go, that. Um, and purchase your house, just like that. So with that, though, was it a, a property or a home that you were living in? Or, or was it something that you said, you know what, I'm going to stay away from it. I just wanted to kind of rent it out. So me specific, So with an FHA loan specifically, you're supposed to. Oh, <laughs> you're supposed to live in the apartment. You're supposed to live in the property. Hey, man, don't get in trouble. You say something here, man. Listen, hey, man, listen, don't say that. Crazy. All I'm saying is what they say. I'm just saying what they say. You're supposed right, right. to legally live there. I think between six to nine months because they want that to be your first property. Now, I know people who may have not necessarily done that with their first property and lived there. However, uh, rule of thumb, if you're paying your bills, nobody really, really cares too much. Hey, make sure man. you're paying your bills. Make sure you're paying your mortgage. But what I will say is if you want to follow the book, yes, you're supposed to live in there as your first home, um, your first time buying that home. You're supposed to live in there for at least six to nine months. Okay. What I personally did was I bought a three-family property, and um, I was able to, you know, get it rented out um with multiple families so regardless of whether or not i decided to live in there or not um i still was able to get passive income with the other two units passive income okay so let's say let's talk about the duration of that process right let's say today was mm-hmm. june 1st okay and i wanted to go out and buy a rental property i want to use that fha i want to use a 3.5 mm-hmm. If you had to guess, just off the top of your head, obviously everyone's situation is different, process, all that. Right. How long do you think it would take to actually get and have a property under my name, starting on June 1st? Believe it or not, and you might not believe this, but um, six years ago today, June 1st, was when I started. Um, wow. I, wow. I literally, to the exact day. Wow. The exact day. I graduated May 10th. June 1st is when I started my position, and I spoke with a mortgage lady, the mortgage lady, literally. June 1st in person. Oh, so you, was wasn't today. you wasn't wasting time. I wasn't wasting no time. Bro, that was the only thing that was on my mind. So, yeah, I'll tell you what my specific experience. It took me until December, I want to say 15th or the 2nd, mm. um, the beginning of the third week of December to actually close. Now, I know people where that happened a lot quicker. I know people where that happened a lot later. Um, in this market right now, houses are flying off the market. So it's very hard to secure the one that you actually want for yourself. Um, however, um, in other markets and other periods of times, you might be in a situation in which you were able to, you know, lock in and get it done within a month. Right. My initial closing dates were within like three months, but due to certain factors and other things coming up, I ended up closing in, in December, but I was glad I was able to get it done before the end of the year. Right, 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 right. And so when I hear that in terms of like, you know, six months starting in, you know, June, um, finishing in December, that process, like you can't spend anything crazy, right? During, during that time, like, it, everything, right. like, they, they, they got their eyes on you like a hawk it's almost, right? Right. Yeah. So the thing about the thing about your spending habits is you want to keep them as consistent as possible. Mm. If you're in a situation in which you're saving money um, to, in order to get the down payment, what I would advise is to get that down payment, put it to the side and just let it sit there. Because number one, the, they don't want to see a huge lump sum of money just being shifted into your account. They want to see how that was accrued. 
because mm-hmm. who's to say you could get that money anyway? You see what I'm saying? And, and, right. and mortgage lenders want to know that you're getting legit, legitimate income over a period of time, as opposed to being in a situation in which you were able to just get a mass amount of money, uh, whether it be gambling or any other illicit means for you to just get it quickly. That's not as um, credible. So right. being that that's the case, I would say, listen, that $10,000, if you were going to have maybe $15,000, depending on how much you have for that down payment, that mm-hmm. 5%, um, I would say, you know, put that to the side, operate as normal, give yourself a little um, cushion, don't do anything too crazy when it comes to spending, right. um, and just make sure that you're on top of your game when it comes to, you know, clocking in, getting your um, pay stub situated, and um, uh, you wouldn't necessarily have to save too, too much more money on top of that, but I would still say, listen, the more money going into that signing day, the better because you're just going to get more kicked back out. Facts. So why do you go the multifamily route as opposed to the single family route? That's a great question. Um, I purely was looking for an investment property. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't a situation in which see, King, King wants to make a, a, a little uh, cameo. <laughs> so <what's laughs> <up>? <laughs> so oh, I was purely looking for an investment property. It wasn't a situation in which I wanted to live there um, long term. It wasn't a situation in which I wanted to be in a situation and uh, do a rehab a property. Yeah, that, 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 was that. Gonna be, that, that was gonna be one of my next questions. Yeah. So so that, that, that's great. I can actually uh, segue uh, it now. There's two different types of um, home ownership that I think it's short term and long term home ownership. Now, short term home ownership is when you're in a situation where you buy a house. It may not be up to par or you may want to improve on it and then you sell it. A lot of people call that a flip. Okay. I didn't have enough money to buy a house that wasn't able to be lived in immediately. So I decided, you know what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy a house that can be lived in and I'm not going to flip it. I'm going to sell it and rent it out. So that's why I wanted to get a three family because a three family allowed me to not get a commercial property, but I still was able to get multiple units occupied and it was able to, um, you know, allowed me to uh, gross the most amount of money possible. Mm. So who determines um, the actual rent uh, from the tenants? Is, is, is it you? Is it the bank? Or, or what's that like? So technically, I determine the rent as the landlord. Because I own the property, I, can, I then get to decide whatever happens with that property. Now, that is the truth within certain means. I can't just charge an astronomical amount for rent because that could be price gouging and I could be subjected to certain laws that, don't, that do not allow me to do that. Mm. I can't charge too much more than what it's worth right. um, based upon the area and based upon what I'm offering. However, I do have a window in which what I can charge um, is, it, it is totally up to me. I could say, listen, this person could live here for free if I decided to. I could say right. um, this person has to pay $1,200 or $1,300 a month um, as long as it's within reason. Um, and it's marketed in a way that it's fair. I could charge whatever I want to. Okay. I, I like the sound of that. Obviously, you know, we never yeah. take advantage of a situation, but just the idea 100%. of ownership, right? Like you're, you know, you're, 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 you're the person in charge of all that. So how's exactly. life as a landlord though? Cause I know obviously like it all sounds sweet, mm-hmm. right? The idea of ownership. Okay. You got it. You know, at the age of 22, all that. Um, but right. how, you know, is, is the actual life of being a landlord? So being a landlord, um, there are pros and cons. The pros definitely, definitely outweigh the cons. Um, but let's start with the cons. Yeah. At times, you're going to be on call doing things that you may not want to do. You do have to manage and make sure that you're taking care of people who are living within your facility. So there may be a situation in which your facility is not up to par and you have to rectify that problem or, situ- or, or, um, or dilemma within a certain time, within a certain time scale. There's a lot of different caveats that you may have to physically be there or uh, come out out of pocket in order to rectify certain situations. There's a lot of different caveats that may arise that you have to put yourself in a position to take care of, right? It's like being the coach on a team. You are the front line in terms of the team, and you have to make sure that that that, that whole situation is taken care of. Um, But the pros when it comes to life as a landlord is once you are in a situation where – I keep saying situation, but listen – once you're in a spot, yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah, Once you're in a spot where uh, the house is self-sufficient, there's not much maintenance that needs to be taken care of. Um, 
the tenants, you got good tenants, you vetted the tenants and, and they are, um, you know, on time with their rent. They're not damaging your property. It's very hands-off. When you have people that respect your property and they're there long-term, life as a landlord is just life as your regular nine to five. There's not much involvement as opposed to monthly, making sure that there's a checkup, making sure that the property is maintained, and then obviously receiving um, your rental income. Mm. So how'd you go but about- Don't get me wrong. Don't what? get me wrong. The upfront beginning, like you, you definitely want to make sure you're hands-on. You want to make sure that you know what's going on with your property. You want to make sure that everything is up to par and it's going to take a lot of attention. I say for the first maybe one or two years, you want to make sure that that's one of your major focuses because you want to know the in and outs of your property, how it should be maintained, who's in there and what they're doing. Because as I said, it's your property and that mortgage is going to be 30 years, whether you like it or not. Yeah. So what, so why you decide to be the landlord as opposed to hiring like a, a, a property manager? You just wanted the, the hands-on experience? Yes, 100%. That's the answer. When I first started out, um, I wanted to make sure that I was the point man. I wanted to make sure that I knew what was going on, um, all the intricacies, all the different caveats of whatever problem may have arose over time. Um, but now I'm in a situation where, listen, property manager, 100%, like I'll give you a percentage and I don't even want to talk about it. Just make sure that we get paid because I understand the market now. But I'm, a type of, I'm the type of person that wants to, you know, actually understand what's going on before I start to become hands-off because then that way I know that I'm not, I'm not subjected to um, someone else's opinion. I'm not subjected to being ill-informed and I'm not subjected to paying um, more than, for something that than it's worth or being overcharged. Got you. And I, and I, and I asked that too, because like if someone were, you know, to try and get into real estate and be an investor, but they wanted to be lazy, if you will, right. Mm -hmm. they, they need to say, you know what, I got the money but I don't want to do any like type of plumbing. I don't want to deal with like, you know, electricity. I don't want to do any of that stuff, but I do mm -hmm. want to get involved in real estate. Is that possible? 100% possible. Especially if you have more money. Now, my, my personal experience, I was just out of school. I didn't really have that much money. Um, and I didn't really have a fail safe either. Like my mm -hmm. parents said, listen, you go, on, you go ahead, you decide you're going to do this. It's not that you're on your own, but you're going to be a man. You're going to be a boss and take care of it yourself. So being that that's the case, I had I, a lot of times I had to do some of the maintenance myself. You understand? But <laughs> the more money you have, like obviously the less hands off. I mean, the less hands on you have to be because you could just hire somebody else to do it. Yeah, I would still advise, even if you do have a lot of money, if you're just jumping into real estate, to um, dedicate some time to understanding what's going on specifically to your house um, before you get a property property manager. And then as you grow, you can be more and more hands off. Yeah, that's just my advice, but. The more money you have, the less work you have to do. I mean, that's with any market. And that, and that's a good point, too, because Larry talked about it on, uh, on a previous episode. He was like, you need money to make money. Right. Like, in, in my right. opinion, you know, you can't be lazy and broke. You know, like it, you can't, you, you, you know, <laughs> you, gotta choose. you can't be lazy and broke. I think, you know, you can definitely be lazy because some people are are lazy, but smart. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you know, whether you know numbers, you just kind of. <laughs> and it's not wrong with that. Listen, but what you working smart is point, my middle name. <laughs> exactly you just gotta work smart you know it's 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 the idea of like all right if i don't want to work that's fine because i know what i'm doing right i, I now have 100%. the education to now prepare myself for that um right so from a, a a first step right when someone hears this episode naturally they're gonna you know say all right you know what i can be a real estate investor too but what should mm -hmm. the first step be after you know saving and make sure you have the funds do you do you contact a broker? Do you, do you drive around looking for properties? Do you decide what state you invest in? What's usually step one? So the first step, the initial like 100% first step is internal. If you decided you're going to be a real estate investor, you are now a real estate investor. Now mm -hmm. you just have to carry out what's necessary in order to acquire your first property. So once you internally realize that that's something that you want to do, act as such that that's the case. Mm -hmm. Now, the actual uh, tangible thing that you may need to do is obviously, like you said, save the money. Once you get the money, I would say formulate a relationship with a mortgage broker or a mortgage lender that you can trust and you can um, have uh, great conversations with so that they can know your goals and that you could be in a situation in which they are able to advise you um, on your route to owning your first property. So I would say the mortgage lender or the, mor the, the mortgage um, broker would probably be one of the most imperative um, 
relationships that you would need because anybody can look at a house. Anybody can go to Zillow and say, I'm going to get this house or talk to a real estate agent. But until you get that pre-approval letter, you're really not doing anything tangible. Yeah. So how was it when you got that letter? How'd you, how'd you feel? Um, it, it felt good. I'm not going to lie. It did, it did feel good. I'm the type of person that celebrates when it's done. So, mm. um, mm. a lot, a lot of the, uh, a lot of, you remember what Kobe said, right? Yo, I, I promise you, yo, I promise you, that's the first thing that came to my mind when you said that. The right. Job's not you remember yet. what he said? The job's not job's finished. Not finished. The job's I'm not happy. finished. Job's not finished yet, though. I'm, yeah, it's like, okay, the job's not finished. And that's the type of mentality I've always had as well. Um, and yeah, it does feel good to go as a young adult or even an older person to say, like, you know what, I have a pre approval letter and I'm qualified to buy the house that I'm looking at right now. That's an amazing feeling because you're inside the house and you're literally looking at it shopping like, mm, maybe, maybe not. And it's a property that you're gonna have probably for the rest of your life and mm-hmm. for generations to come if you, up, if you upkeep it the correct way. So that is a good feeling. However, the best feeling is making sure when that closing day comes and you sign and you take your pictures, you pop your champagne and you get that work done, that feels even better. So yeah, uh, win that championship and get that closing that closing situated. But the pre-approval letter is definitely a huge step on um, on that journey for sure. Yeah, I, I can only imagine too. And just kind of doing the math on that for those out there that thinking that it might be either difficult or just in terms of savings. So three point five percent. You mentioned this before. If it's a hundred thou, right, and you have thirty five hundred, mm-hmm. that's a mm-hmm. that's a start. And I mean, you mentioned the five percent. I know you know just to have that extra cushion. But just so right. people can kind of lock it in their brain, what they have, I don't. If you don't have a hundred thousand dollars, right, you can still get involved in real estate, you know. So if it's one hundred percent, one hundred percent, like crib, that's two hundred thousand. You need seven k, right? So so yeah. on and so forth. Rep, full disclosure: my first property was valued at about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Um, like I said, I was fresh out of school, mm-hmm. working my first job. I promise you, I did not have a quarter million dollars in my pocket to buy a house. Um, but for six months, I decided that I was going to get to twelve to 15000 That was for sure. I was going to sit there. I was not going out. I was going to sacrifice to the point in which I needed to so that I could get to the point in which I was eligible to get that pre-approval letter. But, um, but yeah, listen, you're going to pay that in rent at some point in time anyway. So if you're a young adult, you might as well you know, put that money back into your pocket because when you spend that money, you're owning something. And when you own something, you're never really spending the money and giving it away to somebody else. You're just transforming it, transforming it into equity. When you pay rent, however, that money is, that's out the system. You're giving that to someone else. Um, but when you are paying towards your mortgage, you're just building equity in something that you already own. It's a difference. So was it worth it in terms of like, you know, you said that you made sacrifices, you know what I'm saying? You, you didn't go out as much or at, or at all, but just the mm-hmm. idea of like, all right, I'm sure during that time, it's like, yes, I want this rental property. Damn, maybe I want to go out. And so decisions, tough decisions yeah. have to be made. So what do you say was worth it at the end of the day? 5,000, 5,000%. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's one of my best. Getting into real estate that early was one of my best investment decisions. It's probably top two, um, uh, top two, top three. And the reason why it's not number one is because I just value like the entertainment and other things a little bit more because of, from a personal level, but in terms of a financial thing, yeah, man, like taking that sacrifice at that moment in time um, so that it could pay dividends over the course of five, six, 10, 20, 30 years is no question worth it. I don't even remember what parties was going on that weekend that yeah, I- It that don't I matter. Out there's, always, there's always gonna it be- don't ma- It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. There's no party or no type of situation that could be that important that you're not able to better your future um, each month. Yeah, that's that, that's real. You know, parties parties don't give you passive income unless you know that's, you, that's a fact. A party promoter, but you know, just the idea. Right. You know, and the reason why I ask that is because I think sometimes, let's say you know, a property is worth two hundred thousand, right? And you know, you needed the seven k, and someone mm-hmm. only had let's say two thousand in their account. They might say, "Well, damn, I don't have seven k, so let me just you know go blow it somewhere else." But the idea, right. is When you save, right, naturally you'll hit 7k but just because right. you're not there just yet it's like all right let me go spend it on some yeah garbage. no just you know it's a, it's a lot easier to disqualify yourself um but you shouldn't you shouldn't disqualify yourself you that's why i said mentally that's the biggest step 
when you say like, listen, I'm thinking like, I'm thinking I should, I should get into real estate. That's something I want to do. And you verbalize that and internalize that. That's the biggest step because $0 and $2,000 doesn't matter because you know, regardless of how much money you have right now in the future, you will make yourself eligible to purchase that property. And that yeah. starts inside. If you, if you don't really have that inside of you already, it may be a little bit harder to achieve that feat because if you don't have a lot of money coming in, there are going to be sacrifices that need to be made. So yeah. um, it's either sacrifice now or, you know, sacrifice later. Facts, but facts. you're gonna have to pay. But I say you're gonna have you're gonna have to sacrifice. I think if you really want to reach your life, you're gonna have to sacrifice yeah. something. You know, and, and it and it's mm -hmm. okay too to sacrifice. I think, you know, what I'm saying like I think we're trying to make that narrative cool and popular, if you will. Like it's yeah, already it like should be. Like everyone has their own lane. You know what I'm saying? Like some people have a lot of properties already, some people are you know look just looking to get started, but you have to know right. what lane you're in, <laughs> you feel me? And then yeah, it's a testament to your character. Like right, if yeah. you decide that you're gonna sacrifice for something that you want. Listen, I'm pretty sure you can speak to sacrifice for the amazing position that you have been in. I can speak to sacrifice. Uh, it's unique to the individual. But at the end of the day, if you're not sacrificing for a specific or a greater means, more than likely it's going to be harder to achieve, period. Yeah, you know, and you just got to ask yourself, you know, what's your purpose? You know, and I guess what's your legacy, right? Um, what? So, you got to define your legacy, right, man. You got to right. define your legacy. You see it. You see it. <laughs> but so um, I asked, you know, obviously the first steps in terms of um, – you know, the money that might be needed to get started. Uh, but you mentioned right, too, right. the mortgage broker. So how did you find yours? Like, was it someone that you already knew? Did someone put you on? Yes, somebody definitely put me on. Um, my parents were really big into real estate right around the time there was the huge um, market crash. Mm. So we didn't really have, we didn't really survive with any properties or rental, rental properties after that crash, uh, besides the one we were living in. Mm. But we kind of, you know, grew a little bit of knowledge there. Um, one of my good friends from uh, UConn that I met, his name is Azim. He was very interested in real estate at the same time. So we would kind of like look up certain people or real estate agents or uh, mortgage brokers and talk about our experiences. And one of the mortgage brokers that he had a conversation with, you know, struck a chord with him. Um, and he, she was able to help him uh, get his property mm. and around that same time a couple of months later she was able to help me okay. so it was you know google searches it was we didn't have any prior relationship with them at all mind you like we said we first out of school not much connections very young and if we're going to be completely honest minorities that don't really have connections in this mm -hmm. actual um area so you know google searches presenting yourself almost like going on an interview when you look for a job you look for a mortgage broker and um you have a conversation with them um yeah. when they believe in you they make things happen yeah you know, and yeah, definitely, you know, I would say like don't underestimate the power of Google. Um, but the reason right. why I asked that is because you mentioned too that with uh, minorities, I think a huge part of our culture is trust, right? And, and you know, you, you know, when it comes mm -hmm. to relationships, but definitely money. And it's like, yes, all your credentials, you know, they're definitely, you know, dope if I was talking to a mortgage broker, but there needs to be trust. Um, mm -hmm. And so the fact that, you know, you're able to have that with your mortgage broker, if they're dealing with your money, that might be something, you know, people kind of uh, think about as well. Uh, because I know, 100%. I know on the stock side, I know people like to have, you know, choose stocks or real estate as if you can't do both. But stocks, I, I feel me personally, it's a lot more individual based. Like I control my portfolio. I don't need to look at my left. Yes. You know, mortgage broker. I don't need a financial advisor. Right. I'm good. Yeah. But real estate. Because, yeah, with real estate, there's a lot of moving. There's a lot of moving parts. You're you're essentially using other people's money in order to pay yourself mm. with real estate. With stocks, you're taking money out of your own pocket, hard-earned cash, mm -hmm. and you're acquiring um, certain positions in order for it to be beneficial to you later on. Now, that's very important, and you should be doing both. I'm glad you mentioned that. You should be doing both. I did both um, around the same time. But when it comes to a situation with real estate, you're asking for a loan. You're asking for things to be borrowed. So, yeah, there's trust. There's more things that are necessary, and you need to make sure that you're able to um, – Put yourself out there a little bit. Be a little bit more vulnerable um, and allow yourself to uh, formulate those relationships that's going to get that going to get that job finished. Facts. And in and, and addition to you saying you're using other people's money, I want to add something to it. You're using other people's money so that you can make money. Right. Right. Like, it isn't, you know, you know, just ask for a loan to then go spend it on some garbage. Like you're, you're asking for a loan to then multiply it. Right. Like it, it's almost as if in a way right. you're giving a head start. You know, so right. You're starting um, a business. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
So did you have like, um, or do you need an LLC to kind of get your first rental property? No, you do not need an LLC to get your first rental property. Um, the FHA is for each individual American. It's not necessary for you to be a business owner or whatnot. Um, if you decide that you wanted to make it a business and then um, buy property or convert it to business later on, you definitely should have an LLC. Um, but it's not necessary whatsoever. You could, as long as you are uh, above the age, I think of 18, and you have consistent income, you should be in a situation where you are deciding whether or not you want to um, jump into the real estate game. It has, you have no, there's no classes or schooling you may need or anything like that. It's, you just need to be able to, you know, uh, decide in your mind that that's something that you want to do and start with, the, start with the first step in saving your money. Gotcha. So, I mean, would you say real estate is for everyone? Yeah, everybody. The thing about real the thing about real estate is this: you are owning something that is essential to human nature. Mm. You understand? You need shelter to live. You need food to live. Um, and that's just something that's innate to the survival of mankind. Like you're in a situation in which you need this to live. So when I say real estate is for everybody you're going to be living somewhere anyway. <laughs> like, right. I don't know anybody that doesn't live anywhere, right? <laughs> and if you're in a situation where you don't live anywhere, you're either between, like, like it, it, you're just down, you're, you're down on your luck at some point in time, but you're in between living situations. Um, it's, it's very dangerous not to be able to live um, somewhere consistently over time. So being that that's the case, you're going to be living somewhere anyway. That's like saying it's shelter- um for everybody yeah it is so you might as well own some form of shelter to either um stay in it yourself which is perfectly fine um or put it in a position in which you're able to lease it out to other individuals and get paid for it facts you don't necessarily have to be a business person every time but you definitely should be owning property at some point in time throughout your life regardless i just challenge young um minorities male and female to decide to lease out to other people because now we're having generational wealth. Hmm. Um, and I think that's something that's very important for us, especially when it comes to ownership, because it's detached from the actual cash value. You're able to raise rent, lower rent based upon um, what's necessary. Um, it's not 100% recession, re recession proof, but you have a huge layer of insulation. Um, and it's very safe once you actually acquire a good standing property, you have insurance, um, you have other programs that make sure that you're taken care of if you're not able to um, pay each month the way that you thought you were able to. Um, and it's, it's something that um, the risk is very low on, but the reward is very high on. I think it's for everybody in that regard. Hmm. So, I mean, it's dope too, because it's another um, asset class, right? You know, you just add yes. it to your, your, your whole overall, um, you know, general portfolio. You know, it's not like it has to be the only mm -hmm. thing to do, but you know, it's a good bedrock for your asset class too. Yeah. Great bedrock. Yeah. And, and I'm sure, uh, you know, the taxes portion of it uh, can kind of come into play too. You know, certain things that it does. Um, you can write off, you know, and, uh, and things like that. Like, yeah, yeah. The write-offs are definitely, uh, definitely pretty cool, man. You sign, you got to find those taxes to write off. Listen, you'd be extremely happy. Yeah. That that's to me, like, that's a huge part of the game that I feel like doesn't get the respect it deserves is taxes. You know, mm -hmm. like, um, just the idea of like making money, you know what I'm saying? is dope. But like, you know, un unless you really keeping track of everything, the IRS going to come knocking. You know what I'm saying? So they, yeah, um, they, they, they're going to get paid. They're going to get paid. They're going to get paid. So, so yeah. how do you keep track of that? Like what, what are your, um, I guess, techniques in terms of, you know, just um, in that department, if you will, of real estate? Um, for, for taxes? Yeah. So the thing about real estate um, payments and tax payments is um, the way that your payment each month is set up accounts for taxes. It accounts for insurance and it accounts for the mortgage. So your mortgage plus what they call escrow takes care of just about all your payments that are necessary um, outside of maybe like utilities. So you're in a situation where your insurance is being taken care of, um, your taxes are being taken care of and the loan is being taken care of when the bank issues you how much you need to pay each month. Um, if there's any discrepancies within that escrow, whether it may be more or less, 
towards the end of the year, the bank will let you know and they'll either issue you the difference or you'll have to pay a little bit of the difference um, coming up. So they'll either issue you the difference or you have to pay a little bit of the difference coming up with a, with a, uh, a different monthly payment. Um, so you don't really necessarily have to worry about taxes um, to make sure that you, the taxes on a property is paid as long as you're making sure that your um, monthly payment is taken care of. Yeah. Now, when it comes to write-offs and whatnot, there are a lot of different ways to use your property to serve you when it comes to um, potentially getting some of the money that you paid in taxes back. If you had any repairs on your property, um, that could be written off. Um, that's one of the major things. If you had any updates, um, there's a lot of there's a plethora of different ways for you to be able to leverage your property in order to um, uh, file your taxes mm. and potentially get some of that money back. Your CPA is your best resource for that. Um, but then again, if you use something like TurboTax or something like that, they'll ask you a lot of different questions that will, um, you know, optimize your your uh, your, your refund or your payment. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I got you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that's definitely huge, you know, in, in clutch in terms of, you know, when we had that um, dialogue about taxes and, and paying and, and saving in the refund and all that, I think, you mm-hmm. know, I heard real estate is definitely um, helps with that. You know, it, it's definitely, it definitely does. It definitely yeah. does. It's always good to be in a situation where you're able to get some money back that you weren't even accounting for, because then you're able to use that money and then potentially, you know, like you said, either buy some stocks or maybe save it for another property. Yeah. Wow. You can use that money to buy more stuff. That's going to get you more money. First thing that you exactly. said, anything about buying, you know, no, something else that, you know, isn't going to make you money. You know, you just constantly, once you yeah. get it, keep pouring it into, you know, other, other things like that, that will continue to bring you um, even more value. Um, yeah. Liabilities so, is dead, man. We're not facts, doing that no more. We don't have assets. We don't have assets. Because the way I see it too, when it comes to like paying for, you know, stuff like that is like, it doesn't help you out in the long run. You know, like, but like having real estate, you know, in stock, and you talked about it, the idea of generational wealth, those are things right. that are going to last a long time, right? And we're both young individuals. So when we look, you know, down the line, you know what I'm saying? It, it's even better. Now, obviously, you know, for those listeners, right. regardless of your age, you know what I'm saying? Just get started is always the most important thing. But especially for young people that might be getting to the game, um, like you said, you started tapping in right after college, which yeah. that is rare. So salute to it you. It is. Um, but even, even, even hearing about it now is dope because I mean, obviously you have more knowledge um, now than you did when you first get started, just naturally, right? You know, as you know, you for sure. Um, so like, let's say I'm 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 gonna call you I'm gonna call you an expert just just for the sake of this situation, right? Yeah. Let's say you know what I'm saying you got a ten out of ten right now when it comes to what you know um, about real estate and your property specifically. Where were mm-hmm. you? Uh, what number out of ten were you? when you first started on, on, uh, on June 1st? Um, by June 1st, I was probably at like a, uh, maybe a, a six or a seven. Um, but it's kind of hard to say because there's not really that much it's, it, guys. It's not rocket science. It's not like it's a situation where there's a lot of different things going on, moving parts, um, problems that arise all the time. It's a very simple step solution. Now, the reason why I say I was at a six or a seven is because I didn't actually go through the process and understand how a mortgage broker did their job, how a lawyer was an instrumental in closing the deal, how a real estate agent was supposed to converse with other real estate agents in order to bring it to fruition. So being that I did not know all of these things um, from an experiential standpoint, I would give myself a six or a seven. But when it comes to just like the acquisition of knowledge, there's not much more to know than you already know going through that process. Now, the experience is definitely a big factor um, because once you actually have that property and you have to manage families or manage um, individuals that more than likely will be uh, your age or older or even younger sometimes, but being that that's the case, um, you're going to need to understand, you know, who you are, what type of landlord you will be, um, what's required of you, et cetera. So I'll give myself maybe those uh, three or four extra points because I actually went through it. But yeah, guys, it's, it's not like it's a pop quiz. And if you don't know this answer, everything is going to fail or anything like that. Everybody has just about a good understanding once they start that um, that process. And you don't really need to know much more after that. Yeah. And the reason why I ask that is, you know, the idea of 
failing forward. Not necessarily saying that you failed in the beginning, but like you didn't mm-hmm. need to, you didn't need to know every single thing about every part of the exact business. You know, like just getting started, and then naturally, Listen. I'm sure more people in that business that you started to network with and interact with. You know, you start to become more comfortable with. If you had a question, I'm sure you know. what I'm saying you reach out to them or whatever. But just you know, well, you're, you're speaking a thousand percent, bro. <laughs> you're hundred percent right. And right. I'm the type of person I'm not about to sit here and learn every intricate detail of everybody's job because that's what I'm paying you to do. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to know what the lawyer doing at middle of the night because I'm paying him to do his job. Yeah. So I'm not about to sit here and learn every intricate detail. I some people like doing that before they get involved. I would advise. Listen. Money is an instrument to make more money. Um, so don't be so tight in your fist because then it won't be able to do its job. Fact. And, and like I said, the idea of being like, can't be lazy and broke. And I mean, my biggest right. thing is concern what I want to talk about is, you know, is it okay to be a lazy real estate investor? And you, you know, confirmed, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a possibility. It's definitely a possibility. Um, as I said, if you have more money, it's easier. Um, but you can work your way into being in a position in which you're completely hands off, 100% hands off. Um, you can hire somebody to do things that need to be done in terms of maintenance. And you could also hire a, a property manager if need be and continue your life. It's just another stream of income for you. Um, totally, totally hands off. Fact. Okay. And so when you um, got started in it, um, did you anticipate? that it wasn't going to be like a quick flip? Like, did you anticipate, like, you like, did you know, like, all right, this is a little bit more, you know, of a long-term play. Obviously, you're in the passive income every month was or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, this wasn't going to be somewhere, all right, I put in, you know, 10 racks, and then in two weeks, it's going to be 100 racks. Did you know right. that? And more importantly, were you okay with that? That was my goal, yeah. I wanted to be in a position where, I had something I could count on monthly. I didn't want to be in a situation where I turned 10,000 and 100,000 because that's one a t- one-time thing and that $90,000, if I don't um, allow it to pay me over time, it's just going to go away too. Um, so being that that's the case, I specifically sought out a property that I knew I would be able to invite people in on even on closing day and consistently over time charge a uh fair rent price but still make a profit off of it i did not want to sell it i don't have plans in selling it um i did not want to have to do anything in terms of development or anything like that so yeah that was my goal and i i anticipated it i was happy that that was the case um i was very okay with um not you know being in the situation where ten thousand turned to a hundred thousand I'll, 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 uh, I'll pay off my mortgage and um, get this payment every month. I'll take that. Right. You, you, we could be risky in another market. <laughs> yeah, everybody say, you cool, just chill, you know what I'm saying? Get, you know, get the check, keep it pushing. Yeah, um, yeah keep so, it pushing, man. Build your empire. Facts. Build, build your empire. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you said that. Um, so speaking of empire, right, what, what's next for you? Because like I said, most people I feel when they get involved in real estate, it's later on in life. So because right. you started at such an early age, what, what's next on the agenda for you? Um, so the biggest thing for me is, um, uh, is creating. I, I, think the natural, I think the natural development um, when it comes to investors is uh, being in a situation where you earn money. So you're going, you're going to work and getting a job. Um, and then after you do that, the natural thing to do next is invest your money. Right. So you're in a situation where now I've earned my money and now I'm investing my money and all my money to work for me. Mm. And then I think what's next after that, and this is where I am in my life right now, is creating something that can then generate income as well. Um, so as you can see, all uh, you see is all these R's. This is the Royce Empire. This is something I'm very interested in. Um, I wake up and I do every day. I like doing entertainment. I like educating people. I like sitting down with brilliant minds such as yourself, define your legacy. Because I want to be able to create something that is beneficial for people that's not even necessarily specific to, you know, garnering more wealth, but it could help people when it comes to knowledge and getting them through their day as well. So I think this point in my life and going forward is making sure that I'm doing my best to create um, something that is going to mean something over time. I mean, you mentioned, um, so it sounds like the idea of ownership is, is, is extremely crucial in all of this. I mean, you mentioned, you mentioned RR. 
So right. just talk to us um, a little bit about that. Feel free to, you know what I'm saying? Uh, promote yourself and yeah. let everyone know, you know. 100%, man. So like I said, I, I started in investing. It's my biggest thing. Um, and my main goal when it came to investing was to be able to fund my dreams and the dreams of the people who are uh, close and dear to me. And then uh, in terms of the proximity to people who I, um, who I am around. Um, I've been blessed and fortunate enough to be able to acquire um, a decent amount of wealth, well, more than a decent amount of wealth within a short period of time. And I've been able to, you know, take that and then um, diversify it in the assets to sustain myself. But now I want to be in a situation where I can, um, sorry, now I want to be in a, a situation where I can um, then, you know, uh, build something uh, with, with entertainment, whether I like to make music or rap or inform people um that's that's something i like to do so that's what i'm doing and working towards just about every day so when you see r you want to see quality whether it be on a real estate or investment standpoint or whether it's an entertainment or educational mm. and that's definitely dope too because you know you you've been presented with options now right like you you have right choices to kind of tap into multiple and i think that's one of the, the beauties of being an investor is that after a while once you continue to do it you can kind of take a step back and say all right I want to invest in this. I want to invest in that. I want to, you know what I'm right, saying? Right, exactly. You know, and a good thing, look. And it's not so much, yeah. Go, go, it's go, not go, so go. much tied to money. It's not so much tied to just money. Like when you're, when you're younger and you're trying to make as much money as possible, you try to invest in everything that's going to give you as much money. Like, oh, I want more money. I want more money. But as you start to acquire more and more wealth, you just start investing in things that you're interested in. You might, yeah. you know, might not get the, the biggest return ever, but you like what you're in. You like what you're involved in. Yeah. Um, and then you're able to invest in yourself. Uh, and hey, even if it's not bringing more money towards you, you're able to get a better quality of life or do the things that you're generally interested in. And that's that's what living really is, if you ask me. Doing exactly. what you want at to that do point, too, it's almost like you're paying for your passion. Right? You, you mentioned the idea of not, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But because you have other investments that you had prior, now it's like, all right, this is literally just for me. I'm not looking at it from like, all right, I got to yep. get money from this. I, <laughs> I got money. I mean, the investments yeah, are working right. now. So this is truly yeah. just for me, you know? So that, yep. that to me, like, is it, definitely a dope and a salute to you on that. Um, Thank you. No doubt, no doubt. And so um, one, one, one final question, the question that I kind of ask everyone um, at the end of every show is, um, how do you want to be remembered? Um, so uh, I think the biggest thing for me is... Uh, to make sure that everybody knows that when it comes to me, I was a wealth of knowledge that you could get for free. It wasn't a situation where I was trying to, you know, acquire as much uh, uh, notoriety or, or money or whatever good thing that you might want to add into it just for myself. I wanted to, you know, change the culture, change the mindset and uh, take care of my people as a whole so that we could all as a whole, you know, take care of ourselves and not need anybody else. Understand that uh, our, our lives matter. Understand that um, violence isn't the answer and understand that over time, um, we are able to define our own legacies and not look to other people for validation. So if you guys remember me as the person who incrementally moved that step forward, <laughs> my box is checked. <laughs> Back, you stand, no, you stand, bro, you good, you stand. You stand. But yeah, man. I mean, you know, Appreciate it. <laughs> definitely. No doubt. No doubt. Definitely. Um, I would say, you know, a, a fire fire episode in terms of, you know, um, us confirming and, and, and chatting and talking about, you know, the FHA and how people can kind of get involved uh, with 3.5%. Um, because I think, mm -hmm. again, that's just something that a lot of people need to know. Um, and, you know, I'm not in anyone's pocket, but I think after a while, you know, within our you know community, if, you know, we, people continue to save, it was, you know, we'll start to realize like, oh yeah, you know, I probably have 3.5% um, of, of this property, you know, like because certain expenses add up, right? Like certain expenses yeah. add up, you know what I'm saying? Like a vacation here, uh, a, a nice fit here, you know what I'm saying? A night out at the a bar. A nice fit here, 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 here. Yeah, here. Like, yeah when you, when you start to connect the dots, like, hold on, yeah. like, th this is a property. <laughs> like right. my, my first right. was, right. was a property, you know, like, mm -hmm. and so, but the fact that, and I've always said this too, I'm always a big believer that you can always do both. Um, have right. fun as well as being an investor. But when you're only just having fun and that's it, your money isn't going anywhere important and right. nowhere isn't making money, 
you know, you might be on the verge of danger. Um, you know, so that yeah. that was really why I wanted to have you on, um, as well as just have, you know, this podcast as a whole, just to really understand a little bit more um, about real estate and how, again, how people can get involved um, utilizing that FHA as a first time. Because um, to me, I mean, I, I think that's a gem that, you know, um, our people should know about. You know what I'm saying? So, and again, yeah. you got started young, right? Like you got started yeah. young. That is dope and fire and, and hopefully inspiring for those um, that's listening because, you know, don't not letting your age, because I'm sure too, you know, when college students and even people in life in general, they hear episodes like this or whatever and think, man, one day when I'm, you know, right. When I got great, not too young you know, and not too old. Yeah. Like, you know, just get started. Like even, even if you have to get started, yeah. just educating yourself, right? Like, if you have a lot of money right. or you don't, just learn it. Just learn. Just learn. Just learn. Mm-hmm. Um, 100%. Again, man, just wanted to, you know, um, say thank you for pulling up. You know, want to give you your flowers and whatnot. You know, obviously, we all uh, talk ball at UConn, man. You know, that's that's never that's never going to change. But, you know, conversations like this are, are always important, man. So, um, but yeah, yeah, man. man. I, I really appreciate it. For sure. 100%, for sure. man. I appreciate it. Um, anytime, let me know. Regardless of the situation, I'm going to make sure I pull up. We can talk to the people, make sure that they're, they're educated. Like, as uh, my final send off when it comes to real estate specifically, guys, like, listen, own it. You'll be in a situation where it'll, it'll be beneficial for you later on. You're never too young, never too old. Um, just make sure that you decide, like you said, within your mind and internally, that's something that you want to do. Become your own boss and, you know, uh, get these steps situated for that financial freedom that you've been talking about and tweeting about all the time. Let's get it right. Let's get right. right. Liabilities are dead. Let's get our assets up. Facts. Take, take, facts. <laughs> take, take the necessary steps. So one last thing too, um, just drop your, uh, your socials everywhere and everything like that. So that people could, you know, um, they want to check you out. Yeah. Have, have any questions. So, so yeah, this is the Royce empire. My name is Justin Royce and my socials is emperor just because you know, it's just the empire. I'm the emperor. So emperor just E M P E R R. J-U-S, that's uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all that type of stuff. So if you want to see some fire content, whether you want to be entertained or educated, you know, pull up. For sure, for sure. All right, y'all. Well, that does it in this episode of Defying Legacy. Again, appreciate you, Justin, for pulling up, man. Drop some jams as always, man. Uh, much, much, much appreciated, man. Um, so on that Yeah, note, bro, I want to see you back on the court too, man. We oh, yeah, facts, 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 facts. Only matter yeah. of time. You already know. You already know, man. Say that. Um, for sure, for sure. Um, but we'll link – because, look, I'm definitely – look, Another reason why I had, you know, the podcast, it wasn't just to educate other people, but also, you know what I'm saying, um, you know, to, to have this dialogue between us two and just, you know, um, continuing yeah. to learn in, in, in other areas and everything like that. So um, we'll definitely be yeah, in contact. Man. We'll definitely be in contact, man. Um, Call me anytime, man. For sure, for sure. But all right, y'all. Hope you enjoyed this episode. We're going to see you on the next one. Yeah. Peace.